You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Eight o'clock hour underway here on 1067 The Fan. Thanks so much for hanging out with us for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Danny Noakes. Got Caitlin in studio producing the show. However you're tuned in, whether it's via the AM FM dial, the Odyssey app, or the FanDC.com, we're glad to have you. We're coming up on the end of the show. That's at 8.30, and that's when we hand things off to Virginia Tech Hoops coverage as they travel to Louisville. Real quick, Wizards and Hawks tied after the first quarter, 27 points apiece. Bradley Beal has 13 points for the Wiz. We're talking college hoops here in this segment. Feel free to hit us up. This will be the last segment that will keep the phone lines open. 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener line. So we mentioned Virginia Tech. Pre-game coverage is coming up at 8.30. They lost their most recent road game to Duke on Saturday. It was not a particularly pretty game. Virginia Tech did beat Duke earlier this season, and they've got the Blue Devils number when Duke travels to Castle Coliseum. I had the pleasure of watching several of those upset wins a few years ago and nearly, just nearly, watched the Hokies knock Duke off in the Sweet 16 back in 2019. But let's not go back and revisit any of that because it's ancient history at this point. Talking about the Duke game real quick for the Hokies, I saw the cheat sheet that the Duke student body handed out to members of the Cameron Crazies. And I got to say, it was really lame, man. They literally did not have any decent dirt on anyone from Virginia Tech other than insults based on the way that they look which were a stretch to begin with. And Cameron Indoor Stadium is is still one of the best college hoops venues. I hope it stays that way. And I know that the Duke student body has been doing this whole cheat sheet bit for years now. But man, it is so lame. It's so cringy. Handing out Cliff's notes to the opposing team on the opposing team's coach and players before a game. That's just lame. And to any Duke fans, it's, it's not the only lame tradition out there amongst college teams. Don't get me wrong. But that's a lame one. And it just is not a, a particularly good look. And and by the way, if you're going to go and insult someone, actually make it decent because those were not decent insults there. But Duke won the basketball game. And Duke, to their credit, is a better team than Virginia Tech at this point, even though the team has, the two teams have split the season series there. Hokies entered tonight's matchup with Louisville at 6-12 and 12 in the ACC, 16-13 and 13 overall. And as we said, on Saturday, Virginia Tech closes out its regular season in the ACC with the game at home in Blacksburg against the Florida State Seminoles. Captain Todd's Florida State Seminoles, 4 o'clock tip-off on ESPN2. Now, there is an ACC team that has some stake in the DMV playing tonight. And it's number 13 UVA hosting Clemson in a matchup of a couple of teams that are at the top of the ACC right now. Both teams 13-5 and coming into this matchup. And right now, 
number 13 UVA hosting Clemson. It's the Cavaliers in front of the Tigers, 34 to 27. Second half just underway, just over 16 minutes to go. The Cavaliers are looking to close out their ACC season strong. They're, as we said, 13 and 5, half a game back of Miami, who is half a game back themselves of the conference leading Pittsburgh Panthers, if you can believe it. Man, it is a weird year in the ACC. I, I have long felt that Virginia was the best team in the conference this season, but they haven't really looked at it or looked like that in the last couple of games. And they've lost two in a row, has UVA. They dropped one to Boston College in the middle of last week up at Chestnut Hill, 63-48, ugly game for the Hoos. But then they got beat by UNC over the weekend in Chapel Hill, 71-63. So both road losses, but still two teams that I would say UVA is definitely better than this season. And... UVA will finish their ACC season on Saturday at home against the Louisville team that Virginia Tech is playing tonight. And Louisville is at the bottom of the ACC this season. Ladies and gentlemen, 2-16, and 16, they are tied with Notre Dame for the worst record in the conference. Notre Dame has fallen off a cliff. Mike Bray, Hall of Fame coach in his final season, has not been the way that they would have hoped. But now we get to the Maybe the best team of the three that we've mentioned here so far. They'd have to fight UVA for that title, but Maryland sure has been on a tear this season and and these last couple of games. They've entered the AP poll at number 21 this week after beating number 21 Northwestern over the weekend. Another really strong win for the Terps, who are tied for second in the Big Ten right now. You've got four total teams, though, in the Big Ten that have records of 11-7 and so far this season. That includes your Maryland Terrapins. It also includes the Northwestern team that they just beat, the Wildcats. It also includes Indiana as well as Michigan. Now, both of Maryland's final two regular season games are on the road. They play tomorrow night at Ohio State. But the Terps beat number 24 Ohio State by seven over at Xfinity Center back on January 8th near the beginning of conference play. And then Maryland will also play Sunday at noon at Penn State. And the Terps got a win over the Nittany Lions by six at home a couple of weeks ago back on February 11th. So a couple of Big Ten road games for the Terps, but I think their NCAA tournament resume is looking pretty darn good. I'm looking forward to seeing where they get seeded this year. I'd say they're pretty much a lock to get in at this point, playing in one of, if not the best conference in the country and having wins over teams like a ranked Ohio State, like a ranked Northwestern. How about a top five Purdue team? It seems like the Terps have been stacking wins like that for a good portion of this season. And they were able to play teams like number seven, Tennessee, pretty close, lost that game by three. Got hand, they got handled pretty good against number 16, UCLA. Lost to them by almost 30 points, but also a win over a ranked Illinois team So in a ranked Indiana team as well. I think that they have certainly done enough work to have as good a resume as a team that's on the fringe of the top 25 going into the NCAA. But first, the Big Ten tournament, which is a little over a week I, I, I guess it's probably about a week away from starting now with the regular season across the conferences here in college basketball getting ready to 
finish things up here this weekend. And we are getting ready to finish things up here on 106.7 The Fan before we hand things off to Virginia Tech men's basketball coverage. So right now, we'll step aside and we will take another quick break. It'll be our final break of the show. And when we come back, we'll tie a nice bow on everything and send you off to the rest of your Tuesday evening. Stick around. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. Wrapping up the show here on a Tuesday evening. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Thanks for being with us, whether you're just tuning in now or you've been with us for the last two or so hours. I am Danny Noakes, Caitlin in studio producing the show. A couple of quick scoreboard updates to get you before we head out. Just under five minutes to go in the second quarter. The Wizards have a four-point lead over the Atlanta Hawks. And over in college hoops, just under 13 minutes ago in the second half, number 13 UVA with a 14-point lead over the Clemson Tigers. Two teams right next to one another in the ACC standings. Now, real quick before we wrap things up, the Nationals got back in action earlier today down in Florida for spring training. They lost to the St. Louis Cardinals 5-3. to three. But the Nats did play three games this weekend, and their spring training opener was on Saturday, a game that they won 3-2. to two. I checked the box score because there was someone that I know that a lot of Nationals fans were intrigued to see make his spring training debut for the Nationals, and that would be Mackenzie Gore, who saw his first action in a Nationals uniform. He did pitch one inning. It was the first inning. Gave up one hit, one strikeout, did not allow any runs. No one on the Nats pitched any more or less than an inning that day. It's a pretty common spring training method. And then the Nats obviously played a split squad doubleheader on Sunday, beating the Astros 3-2 to and dropping a game to the Mets 6-3. to couple of other names to keep an eye on. Trevor Williams and Cade Cavalli each got some action in the Astros game. Trevor Williams pitched the first inning, gave up two hits, but did not allow a run, no strikeouts. And then Cade Cavalli pitched the second inning and did not give up a hit or a run and added a strikeout. So Cade Cavalli, Mackenzie Gore, those are certainly two of the younger guys of this pitching rotation that were injured last year, and you were hoping that they would bounce back this year come back healthy, and be ready to rock and roll. And At least in their first outing, sharp. Josiah Gray also pitched the first inning of the Mets game on Sunday, did not allow a hit or run, tallied to strike out himself. And opposite of the Nats in that game for the Mets, Max Scherzer got a start, pitched the first two innings for the Mets. He gave up three hits, one run, but did have five strikeouts over that two innings of work. And it's always tough to watch Max in a Mets uniform, but really nothing is going to hurt like watching Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, and Bryce Harper all bad at the top of the Phillies lineup this year. Obviously all former Nats, but Turner is the one along with Juan Soto, the two guys that I think for most Nationals fans have been the hardest to get over in terms of them not being here anymore. And this ownership group and the front office just unwilling to go the extra mile to get deals done with those guys. I mean, that seems like a pretty simple way of putting it right there. It's just not in their DNA to get that done. And and that's really disappointing because you're certainly just allowing several Hall of Famers to walk out the door for next to nothing. And, and it's just... It's it's just incredibly disappointing. I, I realize that they traded Turner and they traded Soto and, and got back some pretty big packages of prospects to, to help 
shore up the farm system and to help develop those guys over the next couple of years. But Hall of Fame players don't exactly grow on trees, do they? And the Nationals have actually had quite a few of them come through their organization over the last few years. If you consider Max Scherzer, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Juan Soto, all guys, they don't have Hall of Fame resumes yet. Scherzer does, but Turner and, and Soto still, I think, probably have some work to do. But that's just the point. You're, you're letting all-time talent just kind of go because – money <laughs> right like that's 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 what it comes down to and and you've you've now set yourself back five to ten years by uh just reshuffling the deck completely so the Nats are back in action for another spring training tilt tomorrow against the New York Yankees so keep an eye out for that as the Nats enter March which will be the month that you actually start seeing meaningful Nationals baseball, and, and that's always really exciting. So it's been a fun show. We appreciate everyone who's been with us, everyone who's called in. We had a couple of folks hit us up in the 7 o'clock hour. Shout out to Captain Todd. Also, Kevin called in with some Capitals talk. And we got to send a big thank you to Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington's Capitals coverage. He joined us to break down what's been a litany of Washington Capitals moves over the last few days, a trade on last Thursday, right before the Ducks game, sending Dmitry Orlov and Garnett Hathaway to the Boston Bruins for several draft picks, and then making a couple of other moves today, sending Marcus Johansson to the Minnesota Wild for a third-round draft pick, as well as bringing in Sandine from the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for one of those draft picks that they got from the Boston Bruins, the first round draft pick, as a matter of fact. So the th- the good news is there, though, that Sandine himself, and, and Kevin pointed this out during his call in the 7 o'clock hour, Sandine is a, uh, he is a f- former first round pick, too. So 22 years old, he's still got plenty of time to do some developing, and let's see what happens now that he gets into the Capitals organization and starts to familiarize himself with all of these guys, including Alex Ovechkin, who has returned since grieving the loss of his father and has been there for the last three games. Caps in action tomorrow night against the Anaheim Ducks. That is a 10 p.m. puck drop. So put the coffee on, do what you got to do, because Caps got three games in a row out on the West Coast. They got the Ducks, they got the San Jose Sharks, and they've got the LA Kings. Two of those should be wins for them. But we'll have to see as the Ducks and the Sharks have actually been giving them some trouble so far this season. So, again, appreciate everyone who has tuned in tonight. That's just about going to do it for us. Thanks again to Matt Wyrick from NBC Sports Washington. Hope everybody has a great week. I will talk to you all again very soon. Be safe, be kind, and be well. I'm out of here. Deuces. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. Oh, 